It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Baseball is back, and the Reds are poised for one of the best seasons in franchise history. Welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast. My name is Jeff Carr. We don't want to just win, we want to dominate. And here we go. Well, that was a frustrating loss. Welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast for this Wednesday edition. Now, was really hoping to be talking about the over 500 Reds team. Instead, they are back under 500, 5 and 6 after a 4 to 2 loss to the Cleveland Indians, of which we will break down here in just a minute. Also, I have with me Jake Lisko from the Locked On Bengals podcast on today's episode. We're going to be talking about some statcast stuff looking specifically at the Reds hitters and what we can glean from the numbers on our favorite one of our favorite websites baseball savant that's all coming up here in just a minute but before we get to all of that make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on all the many podcasting platforms. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Locked On Reds on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as well. And get your reactions, your questions, all them good stuff in on the Locked On Reds line, 513-549-0159. Later in the week, we're going to have a Locked On Reds line episode. So get those in on the line. Also, on Twitter and all that good stuff, we'll include all of that in there as well. All right, so this game was a frustrating one because for the better part of it, it felt really good. In fact, the first six innings felt really good. Tyler Malley with a great performance here. The kind that makes you wonder that when Wade Miley comes back off the injured list, are they going to just automatically bump Tyler Malley out of the rotation? I don't know. That's definitely a question to be had down the road. But he pitched phenomenal, especially after the first three innings in which I did not think he was going to pitch much longer. I thought, okay, maybe he stretches it to five. But then he really settled down, had a couple of quick innings there in the middle, and was able to shut down the Indians hitters. Meanwhile, you had another home run from last week's National League Player of the Week in Nicholas Castellanos. He now has two home runs on the week. He has gotten a hit in every single Reds game so far this year. He's pretty good at hitting baseballs. Also, Eugenio Suarez got the monkey off his back and hit his first home run of the season, a solo shot that was a long one to straightaway center field. That was it for the Reds, though. That was all of the run production they had, and they had a few base runners. They had a couple of hits, a couple of walks, but they couldn't really do anything with it. And then came the seventh inning. Pedro Strope comes out of the bullpen. Hey, how about that? We found him. He's still on the team. He's still ready to pitch for the Reds, and he was a little erratic, having trouble hitting the zone, and he got some runners on base. Now, the problem here was, and, you know, everybody's kind of blaming this one on the bullpen, and yes, throwing strikes would help, 
But at the same token, whenever a pitcher pitches the contact, he's hoping for some help from his defense, where instead they were kicking the ball all over the yard. Freddie Galvis with a bad error that put Framiel Reyes on first. He ended up coming around to score the Indians' first run. And then later on in the inning, with two outs and the bases loaded, a not really a dribbler, but a, a weak ground ball in between first and second base had to be fielded by Joey Votto. So Pedro Strope had to run over and cover first. And, well, they, it didn't work. They, he dropped the ball as it was thrown to him because it was a rough uh, kind of move. And I don't even think he would have gotten the guy out anyway. As, uh, yeah, so then the tying run scores. They were able to get the out on the next batter and get out of the inning. But then uh, the very next inning, Fran Mail Reyes takes a Nate Jones fastball that was right out over the middle of the plate and bombs a two-run home run to center field and gave the Indians their 4-2 to lead that they would not relinquish. Shane Bieber was as advertised, even though the Reds were able to get two home runs off of him in this game. Otherwise, he was brilliant, striking Reds hitters out, making them look silly. Uh, Jesse Winker still looks lost at the plate, hoping that he figures it out here soon. We, we kind of touch on him, me and Jake do here in a minute, looking at the StatCast numbers, but all in all, they fall below 500. They're five and six. It's not the end of the world. We're, we're all right. But at the same tone, this was a frustrating loss in a night that really felt like the Reds were going to get above 500 and we were going to be able to celebrate that at least for a night. Now, they go to Cleveland and TJ Antone is now the starter for the Reds in game three. In case you have forgotten, TJ Antone in his one appearance so far this year, four and a third. He came in relief for Wade Miley in that game that he gave up five runs over an inning and two thirds. TJ Antone came in and did well. In that four and a third, he had five strikeouts. He did allow a solo shot, but that was literally the only hit that the Cubs had off of him. He will face the Indians tomorrow. On the bump for the Indians, though, will be Mike Clevenger. And there are a few pitchers in the game of baseball that are as talented as he is. Look, you'll look at his numbers and you'll say, oh, he's got 11 innings pitch, but he's given up five or six earned runs on 10 hits and five walks. So you're thinking immediately that he's lost it and that the Reds are going to have a good day. I, I am not counting on that for a second. Number one, the lineup has been so inconsistent all year, which all year is only 11 games, but still in these 11 games, super inconsistent. And Clevenger has the talent to shut down this lineup. So it's going to be another tough one, probably another close game. And we'll see exactly how the Reds respond to this. They get so close that they can taste a winning record, but instead they fall. So real quick, let's do the three stars. The Reds' three stars. Number one. The line on Tyler Malley was six innings, one hit allowed, two walks allowed, and six strikeouts for his second outing of the season. Number two. Nicholas Castellanos with another bomb shot, one for four with that solo home run. His batting average is up to 368 on the year. Number three. And we'll give it to Gino. Gino got his one homer off his back. Took him 11 games, but I'm believing this is going to start a hot streak. And also a quick shout-out, the bullpen after Nate Jones 
uh, Amir Garrett and Cody Reed finished out the final five outs of the game perfectly with two strikeouts. And this was just kind of an annoying night. I, I was not happy with it. Let's see if the Reds can put it behind them today. And look, if it's uh, been an annoying night for you, maybe you just want to stay in. Maybe you just want to stay plastered to the couch. Check out Postmates. Download the Postmates app and enter the promo code Locked On for free delivery for your first seven days of up to $100 with no order minimum. Postmates has everything that you need when it comes to food or if you need a quick run to the grocery store or to the pharmacy to get a few essential items, they can do that for you and bring them right to your door. In this day and age where they're telling us to stay home as much as possible, Postmates is the perfect resource to have, make sure you download that app and enter the promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for free delivery for your first seven days of up to $100 with no order minimums. Anytime you need it, anything you need, Postmate it. Alrighty, for our next segment on today's podcast i wanted to welcome in the man who is host alongside james rapine on the locked on Bengals podcast he is jake lisco and he knows quite a bit about our next subject first of all though jake how are you doing sir i'm doing well the reds are about to start playing baseball i'm about to start talking about and uh scrutinizing cincinnati bengals training camp photos I've uh, been losing it a little bit at John Ross's left leg, which looks <laughs> bigger than his right leg substantially because of the angle of a couple of photos that the team has published today. And uh, besides that, there's some other stuff we're going to talk about on the Lockdown Bengals show today. But uh, as some of my followers know, maybe some of yours, I've, I've been dabbling in tweeting about baseball, uh, which some people either like or, or hate, depending on the person. I very much enjoy it because you have a grasp on something that I, I've begun to understand, but basically I'm going to be Michael Scott here and ask you to explain this to me like I'm five. We're looking at StatCast, and there's still lots of people that are looking for their own understanding of Baseball Savant, which is an amazing resource for us fans to better understand the game. And that's one of the most awesome things about baseball is there's so many ways to understand what's going on on the field. And I wanted to focus in on the Reds heading because as a team, they're not so great with the batting average. I mean, it's come up a little bit here the last couple of days. The team batting average now up to 253. Or, sorry, that's the MLB average. Oops. The Reds are 219, I'm looking at here. 219. There it is, yes. So the MLB average is 253. The Reds are at 219. That's quite a difference, and that's a couple of hits that the Reds could really use. So let's look at this stat cast. Let's look at exit velocity and barrel percentage especially because that's one that when you look at it, there's not a lot of great stuff like when when you go on baseball savant you see these colors red is good blue is bad there's only one cincinnati reds player who has red in the barrels and that is obviously nick castellanos everybody else is kind of low what when you look at this what does this tell you about the reds lineup here in 2020 there have been some interesting contact issues i, I was starting to look at this earlier this year 
I don't remember what game it was, but they, they they had a lot of walks going on. They have very few strikeouts. Maybe it was the Cubs when John Lester started. I think he struck out mm-hmm. two guys. Mm-hmm. And and I was astounded at how few hits the Reds had. And I went and looked at StatCast. So what StatCast does is they take a combination of really just exit velocity and launch angle. And they look at these two variables and, and they look at every outcome of, so every time a ball is hit 100 miles per hour for the exit velocity with a launch angle of 15 degrees, mm-hmm. th- that's a hit 80% of the time, say, right? right? And they don't look at whether it's pulled or whether it's, it's you know, gone the other way, whether it's a straightaway center. They're just looking at strictly velocity of, of the ball off the bat and the angle at which the ball is hit. So based on those two factors, they say, okay, Look at Nick Castellanos last night. He he barreled two balls. One goes to straightaway center. He gets under it just a little bit. Joey Votto's home run, which he pulled to right field, was 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 actually like very similar exit uh, um, launch angle. Sorry, but mm-hmm. but it was actually a lower exit velocity than Castellanos' ball to center field that went for an out. And then the ball that that Castellanos hit for a home run. He hit a little softer, but he 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 brought the launch angle down. So really, it just tells you how fast is the ball going off the bat, and then what's expected to happen based on that combined with the launch angle. So you'll see stuff like there's a certain exit velocity and launch angle that is is a little flare, opposite field flare that always falls into no man's land. That has like an eight eighty percent chance of being a hit or something. Right. Where a a ball that's hit, you know with a 40 degree launch angle, but it's hit 105 miles per hour, which is really fast is going to be an out most of the time. Cause the, the, the hitters too far under it. So that is what happened to Nick Castellanos last night. But if Castellanos had pulled that ball or gone the opposite way with it, that's a home run, you know, every other time. But since he hit it to straightaway center, it's an out. I remember, I, I think it was Chris Wells said on the broadcast that Francisco Lindor's launch angle and exit velocity was actually lower or I think maybe it was just the exit velocity was lower and therefore the expected batting average was lower on that hit, even though he hit a home run and Castellanos yeah. didn't. And that was one of those things where I just kind of shook my head. Cause it feels like the Reds have run into that a lot so far in these first 10 games. That was actually one of my tweets. Uh, and the, there it is. Not Chris Welsh. You <laughs> Chris Welsh is, is much smarter about baseball than me though. And uh, I really do like what Chris Walsh does. And he's he's into the he's open minded about all this new data that we have, which is really great. But it is really interesting. Right. And, and I only mentioned that in that tweet because I also felt like there was some bad luck for the Reds. And the great thing about StatCast is they take this combination of exit velocity and and launch angle and they know what the most probable outcome is every time you have that kind of contact. So they isolate the batter's contact and they ignore, you know, the 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 weather they ignore the pitcher they ignore directionality they ignore defense and say in a neutral situation this is what we expect to happen here mm-hmm. within this range of outcomes and so you look at a guy like Nick Castellanos and his weighted on base average right now which is an approximation of on base plus slugging right it, it gives a little bit more weight as I understand it to the slugging is is 543 which by far far and away leads the Reds right now. Mm-hmm. His expected on-base average, you might think, oh, he's he's going to come back down to earth. He's getting lucky right now. His expected on-base or weighted on-base average is ex-WOBA, as, as the X-Woba. letters spell. 
is 565. It's actually higher. He's supposed to be ex- better. He's not good enough. Ex- and it's and it's because he's had he's had some bad luck on some hard hit balls. And, and the the major difference between his expected line and and his actual batting line is his expected batting average is 420 and his actual batting average is 382. So like you look at that that fly out last night to center field, well that that they expect to be a hit most of the time. And and he's had some line outs too that I remember. So the the great thing about baseball savant is it can tell you where where luck is coming into play. So another guy that we can look at as an example, Nick Senzel. Having yes. a pretty good start to the year, right? 286 batting average, 619 slugging percentage. His expected batting average is is actually 363. His expected slugging is is actually 704. So another guy that's been a little unlucky. And it goes both ways, right? It's just that right now, either opposing defenses are lined up very well against the Reds and they're neutralizing all of these advantages, which probably is some of it, right? Or the Reds have been a little unlucky, which is probably also a little bit of it too. But that doesn't excuse some of the poor performances we've seen some hitter from hitters out of the gate. Eugenio Suarez really struggling, right? Uh, right. Phil Irvin, Jesse Winker, all these guys need to just make better contact. That's not just luck. So where can we look, especially when it comes to guys like Suarez and Jesse Winker, and we think about them and we're like, boy, we really want to see them turn things around. Obviously, Winker's only going to do it against righties. Suarez is going to be in there all the time. Where are some signs of life? Because even in the expected statistics for Gino, it's 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 not – that much better like his batting average right now is 086 and his expected batting average is a buck 45 and that's not really that intriguing (laughs) yeah i think that's where you can look at the game log a little bit and take a look at specifically what's happening uh and how he's making out so he's he's got some some plays this year going back to the detroit series where he's hit the ball 110 miles per hour off his bat and one of those turned into an out. The other one turned into a double, right? And it's not even that it was, he hit it straight into the ground. He pulled it. He hit it. It was a launch angle, 15 degrees. He had a 296 feet. And that's an out. That's a, that's a ball. That's a line drive, 296 feet. You don't expect that to be an out. So in his last couple of games, he's hitting the ball harder. His early season exit velocity is a lot slower. And then you start looking uh, late Cubs series on his average exit velocity is picking up a little bit. And, and you have to expect that some of these are going to start falling in for hits, even though he, he was pretty bad last night against Cleveland in terms of the contact that he made. The, the concerning thing is I, I think that everything else is the same, right? And and I think he's walking a little bit less. No, he's not. His, his, he's actually walking fine. So he, here's, Here's the reason to be optimistic is that his walk rate is still 12%. His K rate is is right is maybe 1% higher than it has been in his career. The batted ball stuff will eventually work itself out. I agree. And then also kind of looking at plate discipline with him as well. I was just kind of venturing down there. That I understand a little bit more. And seeing that he has swung slightly less, a couple of percentage points less than the MLB average, both in the zone and chase percentage is actually a lot lower than MLB average right now. I'm with you. I think Gino is going to turn things around sooner rather than later. How do you see, because now that we're at 500, the Reds, 
didn't really I mean we we were worried about two and five, but now it's five and five and we're back to almost square one with this start. They're in second place. Do you think we're going to deliver on the lofty expectations we had for twenty twenty? There are a couple of things that are really going in their favor. One of them is obviously the starting pitching, which has generally been phenomenal. I mean, they're getting historic stuff from Sonny Gray, from Trevor Bauer, from, uh, to some extent, Luis Castillo, although he fell off a little bit in his second start. The starting pitching is a huge strength. The lineup still looks like a strength for me. You know, they, they've been missing these players in every game. It seems like somebody's missing. Mm-hmm. It's Senzel last night. It's Joey Votto in the doubleheader. It's Moose and Senzel uh, w- with the whole COVID list thing where they couldn't get back on the field. The only guy that's been around, I feel like, for every game is Nick Castellanos, and he's been great, right? And Moose is, well, at least he started the year pretty well. It looks like he's he's fallen off a little bit since then, and he's actually one of the players is exceeding expectations right now, according to uh, baseball savants' expected stats. But I think if they get that lineup out there and they can get it out there a little bit more consistently, you start mm-hmm. to see things turn around. And the bullpen isn't going to be this bad. The bullpen was not expected to be the disaster that it has been. And I would I would go so far as to say that even the bullpen has been a little bit unlucky. I was looking at this earlier today because, you know, somebody like uh, Robert Stevenson, he's, he's giving up. He's just grooving too many pitches. And and so th- that's that's one of the biggest problems. Robert Stevenson is 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 eliciting swinging strikes. He's he's throwing strikes at a good clip this year, but he's just grooving way too many pitches. 12.5% of his pitches are defined as meatballs by baseball savant. You don't <laughs> want to throw meatballs in the MLB. No, no meatballs. And and I was looking at some of the other stuff too. I I Pointed out the uh, strikeout rate, uh, strikeouts per nine, and different things like that on yesterday's podcast. I think we've got reason to believe that the bullpen is headed for a turnaround, especially when you got guys like Pedro Strope and uh, key guys like that who have not really pitched all that much. And I know that was one of the things that we were talking about on Monday night whenever Nate Jones came in instead of Strope or, or Amir Garrett or somebody like that. And then, of course, Nate Drones proved everybody wrong for doubting him. But at the same well, token, lots of people are having a lot less of a workload compared to where they were this time last year. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fair point. And the starting pitching should be able to carry them a long way, right? And and once the okay. lineup figures itself out, which is, is really just bad at balling. Every, all the peripherals, I think, for the lineup look pretty good right now. And 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 then it's the batted ball stuff that needs to come into play. For the pitching, the Reds' best whiff rate in the league, 34.5%. They're almost 2% clear of the second-ranked team in terms of, of swinging strikes. And I noticed this last night with Sonny Gray. He wasn't missing bats in the first two innings, but they figured it out. And, and then he started getting those swinging strikes again. So this spin rate revolution that's come to Cincinnati with the pitchers, you're starting to see the impact there with – the, the very high rate of swinging strikes that this pitching staff is drawing. And, and that 34.5%, it looks like the, the median in Major League Baseball is around 26%. They're almost 10% better than the average team in swinging strikes, which is a huge indicator that these pitchers are bringing good stuff. They just need to stop giving up home runs because 
that's really that's the way the game's going, right? Small ball kind of going away. A lot of a lot of runs being scored on a percentage basis in Major League Baseball right now in the home run. I think I even saw like the bullpen split. They gave up twenty five percent home run to fly ball ratio, which is just that that's off the charts. That's going to come down. Yeah, that'll that'll regress. I mean, part of that's Great American Ballpark. Part of that is right. the kinds of the kinds of fly balls you're giving up. But over time, that is certainly going to get closer to average. Jake, I appreciate your time, man. Thanks for coming on. We've got Locked On Bengals podcast every single day covering training camp as it wraps up. I, Joe Burrow, I, I can't wait to watch him play, man. I, I tweeted today that uh, all I want today, and I haven't gotten it yet, is a video of Joe Burrow throwing a walkthrough pass to A.J. Green. And um, Bengals, if you're listening, which I know you are, yes, could, could you please? Pretty please. Avid listener of the show, Zach Taylor. Uh, Jake, thanks so much, man, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Jeff. Have a good night. That'll do it for this edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to today's show. Tomorrow, we'll wrap up the first game in Cleveland, take a look at how the Reds did. Hopefully, talking about a bounce-back win for them as they suffered their first loss in four games last night. Today, they've got TJ Antone on the hill against Mike Clevenger. We'll see how Antone does. I really enjoyed watching him his first time out. Hopefully, the second time out is just more of the same, if not even better. But that'll do it. Now tell your smart device to play Locked On Fantasy Baseball, and I'll talk to all of you tomorrow. Let's go, Rex. Hey. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.